Hey, I want to invite you guys, if you've been listening to this podcast and enjoying this content and are passionate about protection, you should know that we have an entire library of all of the protector symposiums that we've ever done uh, hosted at protectornation.com. You can go there and you can download those and you can watch every protector symposium we've had to date there online and you can learn protection tactics from the most, some of the most elite trainers in the world from the comfort of your own home. I think you'll be surprised about how much content we actually have there. Uh, It's very, very, very reasonably priced and you can upgrade your protection skills. Remember, protection is not all about the hard skills. 90% of it is all about the software, the programming, the way you see and move in the world to achieve a safer pattern of life. With that having been said, go to protectornation.com, join us there, learn from the best of the best. Now, enjoy the show. Boom! What's up, guys? We're here, another episode of the Protector Podcast. I got Vince Ritchie here. Um, and you guys may have known him from some highlights that have been floating around the internet of um, an attempted home invasion that uh, he was able to subvert, protecting himself and his family in Los Angeles, California. We did a tactical protection review about this uh, a little bit earlier, but I'm super stoked because every once in a while I get to talk to the people who are actually part of the event. And uh, that's what this is going to be about, man. So more good stuff to come. Uh, how you doing, Vince? I'm hanging in there, brother. Thank you. I'm honored to be welcome onto your podcast. Heck yeah, man. Awesome. And I'll be honest with you, I was honored when I seen you review it. I said, oh, man. I said, I've been watching you for a while. I'm like, damn. Someone said to me, oh, he he did a review on your thing. I said, oh, shit. So when I seen you at SHOT Show, I was like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? I just got psyched to see somebody, but I was like, oh, this guy's the man. Dude. Boom. Thank you, man. That means a whole lot. It really did. When you came up and said that to me, I wish people knew how much it meant, you know, because I put my heart and soul in this stuff, dude. I really believe in this stuff. And so it's super cool to see that it's impacted people's lives in a good way. Yo, what'd you think of the review, man? What'd you think? How did I do? I think you did great. And obviously I'm happy that you felt good about it. You know what I mean? And, and, and that I don't look like a fucking bum. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, you had moves, man. You had moves. Boom. You're getting home, two home invaders jump the fence and run towards you as you're trying to get in your house. I love this, man. Hey, my man returns fire. They get into a quick shootout out in the yard. Boom, boom, boom. He's playing it smart. Gets out, gets behind the car. And it looks like they're gone and it looks like he's ready to play ball. He's still using the car for some cover. Um, And these guys have left. This is a quick one. Boom! Byron Rogers, Tactical Protection Review, Learn Protection Strategies and Tactics from a Protection Professional. Dude, you had moves. I mean, I felt like you threw like a little distraction out there and then you got to work and then you guys traded some rounds. You were working your angles, you know, you got over by the car. You were using the vehicle. And then, I mean, we only got to see, you know, probably the flashpoint. And then it looks like, you know, you were making sure they were off your property, but... um, before we dig into that, before we dig into that, why don't you let people know kind of who you are as a person, your background? Um, this is the fun part, man. You know, who yeah. is Vince? Yeah, so, uh, you know, my name is Vince Ritchie. Uh, I'm Italian-American from the Bronx, New York. Uh, I was gonna say like, something. I love it, Yeah, love it. Yeah, I'm born and raised in New York, and uh, I grew up with a lot of pride, a lot of pride in being Italian-American because it's uh, – as much as people think like, oh, you're in New York, there's a lot of Italians. There's not, 
Yeah, I mean, but so we're such a small group, but our culture is so strong that like you really have to represent. You got to show up. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah. for your culture, and and I, and I take a lot of pride in that and identify as that. Um, Heck yeah. I came out came out to California about ten years ago, and yeah. originally came out. A couple of my friends were going to buds, and I wanted to get into buds. And I made some attempts, but uh, I couldn't get, I couldn't clear live scans for whatever reason. You know what I mean? And I wasn't eligible. And I, I moved on from that, obviously. You know, I mean, that was a dream yeah. of mine, but, you know, it didn't work out that way. So life takes different courses. But I always obviously valued the protective mentality and, and, and training and being accountable for myself and being accountable as a man and not being able to rely on, you know, listen, I love law enforcement, but I can't rely on law enforcement to protect me. Yeah. You know I mean, yeah. and people, yeah. people say, like, you know, when fucking seconds count, cops are minutes away. Yeah. You gotta you gotta fucking protect yourself. And 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 as a man, as a father, as a husband, you take an oath to protect. You know, when 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 a when a father hands his daughter over to you as a husband, you now are the protector. You better know it. You better know it, homie. That's yeah. real. That's real. I love and, it. And it, and people don't and people don't value that as much as like in in like that I think they should do. And you take an oath. Like when I was in that doorway. My fucking yeah. family was on the other side. You know, not only my family, our nanny was still there. You know what I mean? Yeah. My wife's best friend was there. So yeah. I have a, and, and you know, she's pregnant and I have a fucking, I have a, you know, I have an oath to her, her husband to yeah. also protect her when she's in my house. This is you being I mean? a man, bro. Just man stuff, bro. This Yo, is good. It, and it's the truth that people don't value that anymore. Yeah. And then and then there's other people that would hear us talking and they would call it toxic toxic masculinity. Bro, and it's bro. like, bro, get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. I, I don't know if I could say that, but you know what I mean? I'm like, you can say whatever you want, dude. Yeah. yeah. So really getting to know, like, obviously, like people, people seen this, and a lot of people, some people took it a negative way. Like, oh, he was just looking to shoot somebody, or he was like, you know, another gun tote America like person that wants to do this. And I'm like, no, I'm coming home from work in the gym. Yeah. And about to sit down and have dinner at 7 p.m. with my family. I did not expect this to happen. I did not want this to happen. I don't want trouble. I don't look for trouble. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm good. But if trouble comes here, then it's exactly what they want. You right. know what I mean? They're going to get exactly what they want. They're going to get trouble. Back. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> so, yeah. It's true Italian-American, bro. I love it. Yo, but like, really, I mean... You spoke on some really good things, man, that I want to illuminate, you know, just as a man, you know, it's, these are things, you know, we are the sex that has been given the mantle of protection, you know, and you're, you're hundred percent correct. Like when there are women and children or anybody who's under your roof, you, you, you bear the burden, which is an honor to be able to protect those people. There are still a lot of culture now. Uh, and we saw it in, 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 um, in Operation Red Wings, there's still a lot of cultures right now where if you're under that man's roof, he is responsible for protecting you. And there's an yeah. honor code associated with that, you know, and he's got to be willing to die to protect you in order to, for his honor to be maintained and, and, and restored, you know. And so we see situations where like, you know, you have other, the nanny and these other people who they're, they're giving you a service, but the unspoken services that while they're there in your house or a friend's kid might be over or whatever, while they're there in your house, they're under your protection and provision, man. Um, so I'm glad you said that, man. A lot of men, you guys need to look in the mirror. And 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 the other the other side of this coin, the flip side of this coin is women, when we're away at work, that burden rests on you. 
Yep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we do the best we can. We get you the alarm system. We get you the camera. We get you the protection dogs. We try to tell you to get your CCW. We do all the best we can. But the reality of life is that when we're at work and you're out there with the kids shopping or whatever you're doing, you also need to understand some of the ins and outs of this protection game. Fortunately, unfortunately, it's just the reality of it. Um, and, and that's one of the reasons I've done a lot of what I've done with the civilian protector project and stuff like that, man. Yeah. So that, and and, and to, to your point, um, we, the, the information that you're putting out there is, is not just for men. It's for yeah. women. And they're mm-hmm. watching it. And then you, when you're breaking down these videos, they're actually seeing what went wrong. And people don't like believe in debriefing and like how you debrief you, you focus that that's, that's progression. It's, it's evaluating what happened, reflecting on the things that went wrong, moving forward, not making the same mistake. And when you break down these videos, I watched them from before this happened and like, well, how did that happen? Or this happened like this situation and that, like, should he have choked him in this? Should he have done this? And I'm like, you know, because you know, you go to fucking, you're, on a road trip with your family, you stop in Wendy's and now there's a homeless person that walks into Wendy's and a fucking this happens. And all of a sudden you went from a wholesome day at 11 AM to get some chicken wings to yeah, a fight for your life. Yes. And <clears throat> without your information getting put out there, people don't know how they're in the situation. They don't know how to reflect and they don't know how to react. You know what I mean? And when that happened to me, you know, my, obviously my sympathetic nervous system kicked in and it was like everything I've ever watched, everything I've ever learned all kicked in at one moment. And I was like, second, the second I have to survive each second. And when I was press checking the gun to see if I was still one in chamber and I popped the clip out, I remember thinking like, bro, these fucking morons are just firing over the fence right now. And yeah. one of them might just clip me right in the temple and boom, it's going to be lights out. So I got, I got to keep moving and clearing this house and and clearing the outside. And, you know, fast forward a week, two weeks later, my wife is now obsessed with the cameras. She's obsessed with checking the iPad. And I had to break it down to her. I said, listen, like we're doing the best we can and we're just moving forward. And and if, if I was supposed to get smoked, I would have got smoked. You know what I mean? If that was what was going to happen, you know, but we're here, we're surviving and we move on and we reflect from the past and we see how we could evaluate and move forward safer. Yep. You know, and I, and I want everyone, like I was so vocal about what happened afterwards because people need to realize this, this happens. This is not yeah. getting struck by lightning. You know, we right. live in a society now that we're letting millions of people come into this country undocumented. We're letting guns, like, like we can't carry guns lawfully, but People who get caught with them illegally don't get charged. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like all the things that are going on, violence doesn't get charged. Everything is a charge. So it's like, but you got you got to be accountable. This shit happens. You know, 100%. I'm in a steam room in the gym every day. Someone's like, oh, yeah, it happened to me. Uh, this I got robbed. I'm the guy in the video who got beat up on Rodeo Drive and didn't give up his watch and it cracked my head open. And I met that guy. Yeah. Oh, you met that guy. <laughs> yeah, you, you've seen that video, right? Outside the jewelry store. When he was yeah. outside his car and they beat, they like pistol whipped him, but he never lost his watch. Yeah, yeah. He he my gym. I was, even I was like, golly, do you just let him? <laughs> I was like, golly, man, you know? No, he held on. He fought, man. Yeah. And I that guy goes to my gym and he's like, yo, what's going on? And he's like, I'm the guy from the video. I said, oh, man. And I know him. And how yeah. is that likely that two people, both yeah. videos were viral and we're in the same gym? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it's so fucking frequent, right? That this is you probably know four guys that got robbed. Yeah, these videos just didn't get out there. A hundred percent, bro. A hundred percent. This is especially up there, man, in, in these major cities. And the other thing is, and then I want to go over the video, actually. I just thought, are you good with me going over, us doing like a blow-by-blow? Blow? Um, down, do whatever you got to do. Good, man. I tried to pull up. I, I should have pulled this up before the interview. I just realized this. Uh, I think I have it right here. But if you have a good version of it that you can send over, that might be helpful. This thing's loading really slow, but we'll get it in. Before we get into the video itself and kind of do a little blow by a little real world tactical protection review, the other thing I wanted to mention is, you know, you actually you said a few really good things, and that's the whole like I don't know what your wife was like pre-event, but I know that after that, you know, after the trauma, everybody's all about it. You know what I'm saying? I see it in the private security industry all the time. You know, something will happen, you know, and the the family or the corporation. They're all about security and they're all about security for a while. And then that dies off and everyone goes back to their baseline of awareness. Um, but the point you were making is that, you know, one of the other guys in a viral video. In fact, dude, we should have him on here. You know, if he'd be down to come on the show, man, I love talking. 100%. We're experiencing this stuff because it just helps wake people up to the reality that this is part of every this is part of human life especially if you're in one of these major city city centers but like you know even for me i'm out kind of out in the country a little bit and we don't have the luxury of thinking it can never happen to us you get on my property you got you got 300 400 pounds of dog to deal with you got i got my partner's uh uh, uh deep sentinel out here i got ai cameras monitored by humans like we got a see we got layers bro we own you from the minute you turn off the main road yeah. you're coming um, and if you're going to try to get in here, you're going to have to earn that trash, you know, um, and, and that's how everyone needs to be because they think it won't happen until it happens. And that time after it happens, when people are aware and they're starting to go a little bit crazy, um, that is when you want to implement the systems that are going to make you the hardest mother stinking target on the block, because yeah. that's when you understand the value of it. So you know, let that be kind of a warning to you guys out there. You know, every one in the thousands of videos I watch probably per year, I'd say at least 99% of those people thought it would never happen to them. And the people that were expecting it, maybe because they grew up in the Bronx, I don't know. <laughs> those are the people that are armed and prepared and ready to get down and stand a chance when it does go down. Yep. Do you think upbringing had something to do with kind of how you navigated the situation or? I don't know. Like um, where, where did you get the, I'm going to get my CCW and I'm going to be ready to do business if I need uh, to. Honestly, it, this is, this is the actual, really the truth. In it, and it's kind of like, I, I actually, I actually ignored this story for yeah. a long time until my father had passed away. Okay. My mother got sick when I was younger. Um, she had a rare blood disease literally just has affected her and it just was like a stroke of like whatever they thought she had lupus she had something else so she was yeah. very very sick mm. all that time had gotten in trouble so he was in going away for a while and we were like eight me and my sister and yeah. i remember being outside with my neighbor mm -hmm. a little kid hanging outside and my father pulled up and he said i'm gonna give you a piece of advice he said your mother's gonna well he said one your mother's most likely gonna pass away and i'm not gonna be around he said so you're gonna have to learn how to take care of yourself yeah. He said, I'm going to give you the best advice you have in the year. He said, nobody cares. Mm -hmm. He said, nobody cares about you. 
And he told me this. He said, if you were on Tremont Avenue with your pants on fire, people would walk right by you. He said, you need to take care of yourself. Wow. <clears throat> he said, there's good people, but most likely, he said, you cannot think that the world is going to take care of you. You need to take care of yourself. And my life changed from that day forward. Wow. <clears throat> and fast forward. This is good, man. Wow. Fast forward 2020, January. My father was sick. I went down, or February, whenever the Super Bowl was, I went down to Florida, ended up having a stomach issue that had, was a, a reoccurring issue from when I ran the marathon in LA and I fucked my stomach up. Yeah. And I was so fucked up. I was throwing up blood in the hotel room. And I remember the doctor telling me when it really happened, he's like, yo, if you fall asleep, you might not wake up. Like you're gonna, like it's that bad. Like your stomach like, Don't is that go bad. to sleep, like, like head trauma. Don't let him fall asleep, okay? I guess, yeah. we, yo. We're staying up all night, bro. I remember thinking, oh, man. I'm like in and out of consciousness. I was so fucked up. Yeah. I crawled. I was in the Fountain Blue, Miami. I crawled downstairs wow. in just shorts, and I dragged the robe with the hanger still from the thing. I love and this. <laughs> in my head, I'm like, well, I might get outside. Yeah. I better have something to put on. And, yeah. I, and I yanked the robe off the, the, the thing. I, I would have looked like, you ever see the movie The Jerk? No, it's an old movie, but it's whatever. He's yeah. wearing a robe, but he's walking. But I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have to bring this outside. At least I have something. I don't look stupid in just shorts. Mind yeah. you, I'd be outside with a fucking bathrobe and no shoes. <laughs> right, right. I I don't remember the crawling down. I don't remember getting down there. I threw up blood in the hallway. It was a mess. And I remember getting to the the lobby of the side lobby in the Fountain Blue, and the first yeah. person to walk by, I, I got enough. Energy, I said, please. I said, call an ambulance. I'm dying. Yeah. And the guy left and he was on the phone. And he said uh, to the person on the phone, Yeah, there's some guys all fucked up on the floor. Mind you, he probably thinks I'm on drugs. I'm sober. Yeah. I don't even drink. Yeah. And I'm like, and the first thing that came to my mind it was my dad. Oh. Was my father telling me. And you know what I did? I laughed. <laughs> I, I put that robe on the ground under my head and I said, I'm going to sleep. Yeah. Oh man, you're like, you know what? I'm good. And I, I said, I'm know. going to fucking sleep. I woke like, up. <laughs> bro, I woke up in a fucking ambulance oh. with all these things on me. And even the doctor was like, oh man, when you came in, I said, this guy looks bad. Like, yeah. man, like we, we actually, he, after like later on, a couple hours later, when I was like better, he was like, yo, you fucking looked bad when you came in. And I was like, yo, I don't know. But I vividly remember saying, fuck it. <laughs> you know what? No more I could do. If somebody <laughs> sees me now, if, yeah. if God wants, if God wants me, yeah. I guess this is where I'm going out. And if oh, he wants man. to save me, somebody he will come get it. me. He's gonna just have to do it if he yeah. wants to do it. Yeah. But the truth is, I did the best I could. I got yeah. out of the hotel room, I crawled down there, I I, I went for help. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I did the best I fucking could. I got myself to an area where I knew enough people would see me that if I was yeah. just laying there, somebody mm -hmm. was going to get me, you know, but you got, you, it's, it's all on you. You know what I mean? And that, and I guess that lifestyle has been in me since eight years old of like, yo, it's fucking on you. You need to protect yes. yourself. If, if you get fucked up, don't sit here and wait for the ambulance. You better get in the fucking car or do whatever yes. you got to do and get your ass to the hospital. I but love do, it, do what you got to do. And, and there's so many men out there that I mm -hmm. talk to, whether they're getting a divorce, they're going to say, oh my God, it's so bad. I said, shut up. Like, it's right. it's not that bad. Right? Oh, this is life.
It's yeah. on you. If you want to be that guy, you want to be that figure that people respect and yep. they lean on and yeah. they feel more comfortable that you're around, you got to know that, you know, there's that, that quote. It's like, uh, I don't have people. I'm the people that people have. You know, <laughs> I, say, I love have it. Somebody. I'm the people that people got. Yep. And I got me. And I, and I really do. And I believe that I'm a heart. Like, I will protect me. I'll protect my family. And, and weeks after the event, I have an oath to make my wife feel comfortable now. Yeah. Not, ju yeah. not just protect her from the streets. But I got to protect right. her from herself. Yeah. I got to protect her from her emotions. And I got to yeah. tell her, babe, like, I'm, I'm going to be here. And if yeah. I'm not one day, and then that's what God wants. You know right, what I mean? right, right, right. And yeah. that's what's just going to happen. You know what I mean? Yep. But we got life insurance for a reason. You're always going to mm -hmm. be okay. You know? Yeah. And, and I've done, and I've done everything. And, and this is the, and I'm going to touch on this in a deeper way here soon too. And we just, we need to do everything we can to make them as safe as and comfortable as possible. Right. Yeah. That masculine protection is what's necessary for femininity to thrive for that yep. character, that feminine energy to thrive Without that, they become, they start to play the masculine because the masculine is required for survival. You yeah. know, let me share my screen with you real quick. All right. So um, this is, is this, this is the beginning. This is the flashpoint. This is right when you first made, they made contact with you yep. and you did them everything, man. And the first thing, honestly, that came to mind when, when I saw this whole encounter starting off, let's see where we're at with volume on this. When I saw this whole thing starting off, dude, I'm thinking to myself, like, there's nowhere to hide, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's no, there's no cover. There's no concealment. You are in what we call a hellhole. You're in a fatal funnel, you know, and you're getting your keys and you're doing your thing, you know, and boom, dude runs up on you and you see this going down. Now, I mean, what's going through your head right here, bro? Right now is when I said, fuck. <laughs> I remember being like, damn. And I got immediately hard on myself. I said, how the hell did you let yourself get caught out? Get there? snuck up. Get snuck, bro. <laughs> and you know what I mean? I don't yeah. like me. And, and like, I'm better than this coach. Like, come on, man. <laughs> and you know what? I, I got caught slipping. I was on the phone with my sister, and we haven't spoken in a while. So she was catching me up on the stuff. And when I hung up the phone, my music from the gym. It was either the music or an audio book. I think I was listening to the Prince. I don't remember what I was listening to, Good stuff, but bro. I I remember being like, "Damn, I should have <laughs> took my AirPods out." But I was so smoked from the gym, yeah. And and I just looked shot, and I was wondering, should I water the plants? Should I not? Should I do this? Should I go in the house and listen to my wife bullshit? Like all these things. So I was like, when I turned around, I seen him, and everything slowed down. Oh yeah, bro. And yep. when when I hear people like I, I used to, you know, I, I listen to the Sean Ryan show. I watch yeah, you. I watch man. so many other people, and I hear these stories of people like I accepted I was dead. Yeah, and it was easy. I used to think, are they being a little theatrical? Are they being whatever? But yo, when that happened at that moment, I was like, damn, man. I'm not gonna get out of this well, unscathed. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. <laughs> and I, I was like, yo. Stuff this motherfucker is going to shoot me. And I was like, it, it is what it is. Yeah. But I am definitely not letting him in my house. Right. Right. And, I love and, I, and the first thing I thought, hit him with the fucking T and try to grab the gun and become the aggressor. And it wasn't, I, I'll be honest with you. It wasn't hard to make that decision yeah. to become the aggressor because it just, 
honestly, I didn't really give myself another option. Yeah. And it, you know it, it, I mean? it must've been already in your software somewhere. And it must've already been in here from life, man. I love that lesson you mentioned where your dad said, Hey, no one's coming to save you. That's the truth, man. And I love, you know, like, like that's the reality of this game when it comes to protection, the cops are not following you around as your personal protection detail. The cops are there to enforce laws. Like after a law gets broken, maybe sometimes before, maybe, but listen, bro, they're not your protection. They're not your personal protection detail. You are responsible for protecting yourself. And when the cops come, hopefully they're not picking up pieces of you and your family because you were able to protect yourself. Hopefully they're picking up pieces of the other guy. The other, I mean, you can see here in your body language, bro. It's like, like you're definitely coming back from the gym. You're kind of smoked. Your gate's kind of wide. You you gotta got your head down. Now, this is the lesson right here. Transitional spaces, baby. You hear me talk about it all the time. Those stinking transitional spaces going from your house to your car, your house, to your work. These are where 80% of the attacks happen. Like you guys know, I dropped like 200 some out of these videos. So I seen thousands of them and these attacks, this is where it happens. And so it's like the cardinal rule of maintaining situational awareness when we are in transitional spaces literally can save our lives. And people will be like acting like it's all about going to the gym and being hardcore. Dude, literally if people start to understand the fundamentals of protection, like, hey, if you're in a transitional space, like if you're not at your house, at your castle or at work in a safe place, you just need to be eyes up looking around so you can actually uh, like so you can one not get selected because there is a package selection process. There's a hostile training, but a hostile uh, planning cycle that happened here. Right. So they probably I don't know. You might know more about whether they selected you based on other details but your body language is possibly what let them know this is the moment he's not quite ready. Yep. <laughs> I, that, and that's why 100% I think it was. I just slowly, they were watching me through the gate. They probably watched me get out slow, yep. walk in. I got, listen, I got caught slipping. It is what it is. Yep, you man. know what I mean? And I'm not gonna, I'm an every, like, I don't get out of the car without like popping my door open, being kind of behind the, behind the B-frame. Yeah, knowing man. what's going on, paying attention. Is this a position that I'd want to shoot from? Is this a position that I'd want to get fire from? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, people think like, oh, it's so difficult to live like that. Like someone told me the other day, I'm like, yeah, I'm always yeah, no. ready to rock and roll. And they're like, oh, like, that's a horrible way to live. And I think about the Bronx tale when he said, when he asked Sonny, he said, well, that's a horrible way to live. He said, for me, it's the only way to live. Yep. Yep. And, and it, it's the truth. Like, it's not that bad. It's really not. You feel more secure, bro. Like I personally, yeah. when I go into a place or when I'm moving and I'm, I know I'm paying attention. I also pretty much know I'm safe. I also sit in the restaurant and I got my back to the wall. Like right now I got my back to this backdrop. I can see everything happening in front of my house. I can see all the way through. I can see everything happening. I feel more secure. And in reality, I am more secure. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's that much harder to get me right now. And so we walk around with a sense of actual realistic security. You know what I mean? So it's like, at first it's a little bit to think about, but then it's like driving, bro. It's like you first start driving, you're like driving, you're like, golly, everything's moving fast. 
you know, I got to change lanes. Okay. Uh, signal, look over the shoulder, turn. Yo, like three months later, you're sending text messages and brushing your teeth while you're doing all this stuff because your brain's written the software for it. And now it's just automatic. And it's like, yo, yeah. when I get out of the car, I just put my phone away for a second. I take a look around. I make sure no one's sitting in the car is watching me as I walk to my car. This is a time of elevated risk, you know? So it becomes second nature. And then you feel more secure because you are more secure. That's what I try to get people to realize. We're not in fear. We're just prepared, you know, dude. And then I love this move. Go ahead. You got something? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Tell me. No, I, I, just, I just love to throw the tea in his face move. <laughs> That's my move. I'll be honest with you. That's my move. <laughs> Yo, the team, man. Yo. And, and the thing is, people talk about never draw on a drawn gun. And, you know, this is the thing about tactics. No tactic is always right. There's no nevers. Like, situation dictates in the marine corps they were like never walk backwards it's like yeah bro but sometimes you got to walk backwards when you're holding yeah. a gun dude my man used the teeth for the subversion and then he gets to work you know fortunately these dudes did not like you know start shooting they got scared at first at least and then you got your draw and you got out and you got to work and you know I'll what send it. the tea's my thing it's funny i met you at the bar in Tao. yeah yeah Years ago, this had to be like 2009. I was on a bachelor party. I was young, and a guy came over and he was disrespecting some people with this whole thing. And he he like put his hand in my face with his drink, like to mush me out of the way. And I smacked his drink into his face. Yeah. Before I fucking started hitting him, <laughs> I knew it was gonna be a fight. I knew he was gonna hit me anyway. Yeah, we're already past the line of departure. Yeah, it, it, I knew it was happening. I didn't even know if he was gonna hit me with the drink. But the, as the drink went out, it bought me two seconds. Yep. I mean, and that two seconds is going to be whether or not you fucking survive, whether or not you get knocked out, whether or not you lose your teeth, whether 100%. or not anything's going to happen. You know what I mean? And it buys you those moments. So no matter what I have in my hand, yeah. it's getting, if I have my kid's pacifier in my hand, I'm throwing it at you. <laughs> you I'm, I mean? I'm trying to get my time, bro. Yeah. We, we were driving one time when I was with these two other guys from New York I'm friends with and all the windows were open slave night. And this homeless guy comes out of nowhere from the sidewalk and he had a bag. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was a bag of shit. And mm. he goes like, he's going to hit us with it. And he pump faked us. And we all in the car jumped. <laughs> yep. And he goes, gotcha motherfucker. And I went, <laughs> you, and I, we all went crazy. and started yelling at it. I was like, I'm not going to get out of the car fight with this guy, but I said, yo, he really did get us. He did bro. get us, though. He did he get got us. us. Yo, I was like, my friend's like, yo, I thought we were getting hit with shit. And I said, so did I. I said, but I almost said, oh my God, it's going to be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this crazy guy, but it taught me a lesson. Yeah, 100%. Even man. that, I almost swerved into the other lane. Like just that moment of maybe getting hit with something that I don't even know might not even be dangerous. Right. Could. Pivot me off course for a few seconds where if yep. he really wanted to shoot us or do something, would have bought him the time to do it. Yep. And so I've always taken that. Like, yo, you just throw anything. That, that's your protection. Throw something. Yeah. Show that yeah. act of aggression. And you're right. going to put people on, on their heels. 100%. And that's the whole get in the OODA loop. That's a whole attack the attacker mentality. They are not expecting to get attacked. What those guys wanted is for you right here to cower and be like, oh, okay, what do you want? What do you want? And they wanted you to give them whatever they wanted. And he comes up, he's up, he's up on you. He's real close to you, which is stupid on his part. And he pokes you with the gun and he's all in your business. He's trying to control your offhand. 
and he wanted you to cower and you didn't. And he was not ready for that psychologically, even though he had a tactical advantage on you technically up until your gun came out, <laughs> you know, he, yeah. he had tactical high ground. All the rest of this is psychology of aggression. He got scared. You become, became aggressive. He gave up his tactical advantage, him and his boy. And then now we're actually in a gunfight and you're managing your weapon and you're getting in that fight and putting rounds, sending rounds. So you said at this point, everything slows down. And then what happens, man? So when I ran out to the other side of the car, I knew I was in a fatal funnel. I'm yeah. like, bro, I don't know how many people are out there. Both of them shot at me at that point. And the other kid had just gotten his gun out of his hoodie. So that's what he fired as he was turning yeah. the other one. And I'm like, damn, they're firing. I'm firing. I don't know if I got hit. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that I hit him. Well, I know now that I hit him, but I was like, I'm pretty sure I hit him once, but I need to get out of it. And I'm also in a lighted box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're butt naked, man. You're feeling naked. Well, I'm like, I need to get to the shadows. And start right. moving and grooving, you know what I mean? And I'm still in a fight. Right. But as I did turn the right here, in my head, I was like, I won the first round. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm still going. Like, I still got yeah. my, like, I'm still I, up. I, I won the first round, but I also did accept, I may not survive this. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to do the best I can to do as I much can. damage as possible. And I'm going to do the best I can to survive. And I'm going to keep moving and shaking. Yeah. And get through this and run down whoever's out here. And I only knew I only had a couple bullets left. And I was like, yo, I'm gonna fight. And yeah. I'm gonna fight for my life. And everyone's like, was your heart pumping? Was this that? I'm like, I, I experienced auditory exclusion. I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear, I heard the gunshots, but they weren't like jarring. Like loud like that. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like that. It was like super calm. And I'm yeah. like, okay, cool. Came to the back. I seen the kid fleeing. I could I could have dropped him, but I didn't because he was already over the fence, halfway over the fence. You yeah. can see in the second video. And I just was like, you survive. You got to survive. Mm -hmm. But I, I need to also, I'm not running. Everybody was like, people, I was reading comments. You should have ran back in the house and called 911. I was like, what are you, nuts? You think I'm going to go back in that fatal funnel? I'm like, kill myself by shoveling around for my keys because i also right. knew i dropped my keys i got yeah. tea bags the keys i don't even know what else was on the ground at this point right. i'm not going back there and like oh let me go turn my back to the crowd and start now bringing them back in my home yep like, i'm gonna stay out here with 100 and keep this door locked they came to this door to get in through me because they didn't have another plan you know, and that's all good stuff, man. The Monday morning quarterbacks, God bless them. They always got something to say, you know what I'm saying? How they would have done it different, you know, with, they move, with their moves, you know. Uh, another thing, too, I'd like to point out is, you know, you don't have a bad setup. You know, you have a gate, you back your vehicle in. It's pretty secure from vehicles. A lot of people look at this as a false sense of security. Like, all right, I'm in, I'm safe. These dudes straight up jumped right over the fence like it was nothing right and uh rolled in straight up basketball americans is one of my good friends would call <laughs> yeah i could say that right straight up nothing you know we just just zero resistance so guys make sure until you are secure you're not secure um the other thing i noticed when they come out bro they do they do what you would what you really wouldn't want them to do which is both of them go different directions so before you exit that fatal funnel these two guys went opposite directions and now you have to make a choice and you still chose to go out there 
and, and try to defend yourself, which is awesome, man. I honestly think that you, you did navigate this well. Um, it's actually funny right here in the video. Yeah. When I, when I went out too far, you watch, mm -hmm. I backed up yep. because I wanted the pot to protect really my midsection more than anything. Mm -hmm. And then that's when I knew I had a second to, ch to check the gun before I kept moving. Cause I wanted to make sure that my gun was still going to operate you know yeah. I mean? because I don't even know why I thought that, but I was like, let me just make sure I got one in the chamber. Like, because I've had experience jams of the range. Yeah. Experience other places. Let me make sure it's good. Cause I'm going to round two and I have to, and I had a knife and I think as I was making the turn, I pulled the knife out of my waist <laughs> on me because I did say to myself, if, this gun does empty on the next guy. Yeah. I'm um, one gonna I have now uh a steel weapon in my hand to smash somebody over the head with. Right. And and the knife is gonna be in my left hand. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100 percent You got options, you got options, man. And you never know what's gonna happen. And utilizing your tools. You know yeah, what I mean, these are the tools I have. I have to utilize them, you know. Yep. I, and also, too, the minute we were firing back and forth each other, now it's now this is this is a death this is a death game. Like yeah, we are, we're playing the keeps. So yep. like, you know, if someone runs up on me in Starbucks and punches me in the face, am I going to pull a knife out? Absolutely not. We're doing punches. <laughs> yeah. I've been in many situations where I've had a knife on me and been in a physical altercation. Didn't need to use it. Don't need to use it. But at this moment, you're here to take my life. I'm going to take every, all means necessary to protect myself. That means yep. that we're going to roll around in a bloody massacre until coming to my fucking home, you are not yeah. coming to my house. And this is, this is what it is. And I'm ready to die. What's in yeah. my house, you know? Yeah. And like people like, Oh, like sounds so aggressive. But this now I'm like, no, it's not aggressive. It's like, yo, that was the decision that I made. Yeah. And, and then I make this decision every single day. I leave my home and I'm 38 years old. And for the next, yeah. how many years I'm going to live, I will make the decision of my daughter. And now I have another daughter on the way. will grow yeah. up knowing my daddy did everything it took to protect me. Yep. A hundred percent, man. And I, and I, I, I just worry about those people that aren't, they just aren't willing to make that decision, bro. Like, like, what are you talking about? That's so aggressive. There's gunfire outside the house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like my yeah. man's fighting for, what would you have done? Would you just would have let him in the house? Like to me, that's like a different type of evil. You know what I'm saying? What to, to protect, to save yourself. You're going to give these people access to your family. One of the things I always say that usually extinguishes most of the arguments when people are like, well, why do you carry a gun and da, da, da. I'm like, because I am just never, I I just don't want to ever let myself and my loved ones be at the mercy of evil people. I just, that's just, I just don't want to ever have to sit there and beg for my life or beg for my family or anything like just, that just, I can't let that happen, you know? So as a man, like, this is just the way that it, this is what I, I believe personally, this is just part of being a real man, you know? And if yeah. you're the type of person who would say, Oh, well, you know, you should have just let them in and let them do what they want. Like, I just don't think you're in touch with reality, man. And I also think the people depending on you would be pretty disappointed by your decision. If, if you really think that that's, that's, that's a good decision, man. I would, I, would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to live with myself. Why do I work out? What do I, why do I, act like I'm masculine. Why do I do this if I'm just going to let them walk all over me? I wouldn't be able to live with myself. And you know what? My wife that night, you know, a lot went on right after. Oh, you know I what I mean? Imagine. A lot of people came to my house. My neighbor came to my house. Other people came over. 
Uh, she was so impressed. She was like, I can't believe it. Yeah, I mean, oh, how, yeah. how this played out. And my wife came upstairs and uh, I think it might've been the next night she came yeah. home and she said, I just want to let you know, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Like you just, you just, you show up for us every time, no matter what it is and you do it. And I said, that's, you know, that's the decision I made. And that's who I am in my heart. I mean, I'm going to show up and I deal with, don't get me wrong. I deal with other evils and other things in yeah. my head. You know, I mean, my own self, but yeah. this is a decision I made. And imagine I would let them in. They would have pistol whipped us. They would pistol my family. They could have went in and held my daughter and be like, tell us where everything is. And I'm like, so much, that can oh, so much. And I'm like, she would live with trauma after that forever like possibly yeah. forever. yeah she would live with trauma and then and then me trying to tell her it's going to be okay she's like why would it be okay you didn't even protect us yeah yeah, yeah. you, you know, can't but, guarantee that i you don't have the power to make it okay yeah you, but but because i gave it to them exactly because yeah. i gave it to them so i take the power i'll do it and for the rest of the people out there because a lot of people are like oh well you put yourself out there well i did put myself out there and i let the world know if you come into this if you see me pick somebody yeah. else yeah. Then don't do it in front of me because I'm going to get involved. If you yeah. fucking rob a family next to me, I'm getting involved. Yeah. If you come for my family, I'm getting involved. And there may be other men like me out there. Yep. So when you go out there robbing and you decide that this is the, the life of crime that you want to take, yeah. you better pray to God you don't run into somebody like me. Yep. <laughs> I love it, man. I love to say same spirit, man. I love it. I want evil to fear good, man. I want people to be like, ah, it's just, it's not safe to do that stuff anymore. Like I literally want people to be like, you know what? We just don't, we don't mess around with that neighborhood. Or if they see like a protector nation sticker somewhere, they're like, you know, nah, not this house. You know, those are those guys that are dead serious, man. So I love that mentality. And that is the mentality people need to have, man. That's what's going to make the world a safer place is people being like, you know what? We're not going to just let you do whatever you want to do here. That's not going to happen. So, um, and we're, we're down to throw down and we, and we've been training, you know, like we're ready actually, you know, and that's huge. So what would you say about the after action, man? Um, you, you know, that's awesome that you got that moment with your wife, you know, how about, you know, the, well, I would say real quick while we're still in the event, was there anything that went through your mind afterwards? Like you want, you wish you had more training or what was the hardest part about the thing? You know, that now when you look back, you're like, man, I should have zigged. I should have zagged. I wish I would have. I could have. <clears throat> I wish I had a red dot. <laughs> That's what I, wish, <laughs> I, I wish I had a red dot on my gun. Um, yeah. I wish I had an extended magazine. It's worth yep. the charge. Yep. Uh, I wish I had two magazines. Yeah. Number one. Um, there's a lot of wishes, but it, it's, it's, I don't live with regret. Yeah, I yeah. Live with, I live with, I reflect, I process, I move forward and that's progress. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I, I went through that. I carry a different gun. What were you carrying? I, I know I'm 26. Okay. But I wouldn't carry a stock gun ever again. I would carry something that I'm working on. Like that I know is like, you know, there's so many options out there for affordable yeah. prices. Um, yeah. The gun community is amazing. They fucking support Americans, yeah. and the, you have an oath. If you got, if you're gonna carry a gun, learn how to use it. You know right. what I mean. And that will scare people. Yep. You know what I mean. Yep. You're not gonna hit civilians. You're not gonna do things. If if you're gonna carry a gun, go learn how to use it. There's yep. so many YouTube videos out there. Uh, I used to follow the guy True Exodus. Do you know yeah. who he is? Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. so, percent. It's funny. I've his. He has a lot of combat pistol thing training videos yeah. that he shows about how to draw while fighting with somebody where to keep your hand, you know, you could 
you could chain a gun off your waist. Um, there's so many videos out there. There's, I also work with Defense Strategies Group. Uh, this guy, Michael Dowd, he's an ex-Navy yep. SEAL. I actually introduced you to one of the guys from yep. there, Zach Ferguson, when we were there. Yeah, They're amazing. I knew who Michael Dowd was when I was trying to become a SEAL. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I, I, so when I met this guy after the shooting, I was like, oh, man, I felt like I was starstruck because I'm like, oh, his legend preceded him. I knew who he was. I knew... How many yeah. deployments he had done? My he's he was a fight instructor. Buds he kicked my friend's ass. Like yeah. there was a lot of there was a lot of you know, and these people aren't unattainable, right? You, right. you could just email them and go train with them. Yeah, or, not not a lot of money. Yeah, this He's is like, like, like come on, man. <laughs> yeah, like this is like, what? hey, okay, three weekends, three Sundays from now, I'm gonna go take an eight hour course on combat pistol training, and I'm gonna get tools that are right. necessary to survive. Yeah. And yeah. those are the things I, I I really like. As much as I train my body in the gym, train with boxing, I still jump rope, I still shadow box often. Uh, I yeah. have to train my pistol skills often. You yep. got to keep them sharp. Yep. And it's and it's exciting. And it's yeah, fun. Yeah, man. I love it. Dude, you got to come train with us, bro. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And I yeah, think the, po the, po the post is that in training. And a lot of people were like, oh, emotionally. And I said, I'll be honest with you, I didn't really have any emotional side effects. So it didn't. I went to sleep perfectly fine. I watched Black Hawk Down that night. <laughs> My man, I love yo. Here's the thing. Let me let me jump in here right quick, dude. Well, first, okay, on the emotional thing, you got to be careful in society because these people will try to poison you and tell you something's wrong with you and try. Like when I got back from Iraq, they're like, "Do you have PTSD?" I'm like, "No, I'm fine." They're like, "You got blown up five times." I'm like, "Yeah, I did." And they're like, "You know, you went on X amount of patrols and cleared, you know, 20, 30 different cities and all this stuff." And I'm like, "Yeah, I did." And they're like, "You have PTSD?" I'm like, "No, I don't have PTSD." They're like, "You don't know that you have PTSD?" And you have I'm like, "No, I don't." They're like, "You know, you get paid if you have PTSD." I'm like, "I do know that, but I'm fine." And let me be fine because I'm not gonna have one. I'm not gonna take your label. Two, I don't know if these cats are gonna change their mind in ten years and try to de take all my guns and all my stuff because they decided I can't have them because of PTSD. But three, society has this whole thing where they want you to buy into their labels and their stigmas and they want to superimpose or or project their perceptions onto you. And like, homie, men have been chopping each other into little pieces at bad breath range since the beginning of pimping's been pimping. And homies, they still been living, rearing families, working on the farm in the garden, and then going back to chopping each other apart next quarter when this tribe tries to come into the thing and do the thing. This is part of the human experience from since the human experience. <laughs> okay. Yep. So don't feel bad if you defend your family or you fight for your country, whatever it is. And you don't have nightmares about it, you know, like now, granted, there's another side of that coin. A lot of people do and for good reasons and all this stuff, but like you don't have to and you're not broken if you don't. In fact, actually, you're probably healthier if you don't, because you're able to deal with these things that are just part of being human uh, without the the without all the, the, the maladaptive behavior that can come with it. Um, so I wanted to accentuate that. Yeah. Um, and, and and I appreciate and you, you probably deal with it. Yeah, I piece it. Everybody's like, oh, this is, you're a psycho or this is a sociopath. I said, first off, that has nothing to do with being a sociopath. Like, that literally yeah. has nothing. I, t I told, I, I actually said something recently after that. And I said, listen, I, I buried both my parents. Those yeah. were the hardest days of my life. And I trained yeah. both nights. And yep. sitting in hospice with someone dying 
that you love is way worse than someone trying to kill you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's when you're watching somebody else in pain that you love, it's way yeah. harder for a protector because there's nothing you can do. Nothing you can do. I'm helpless. Yeah. And I went through those things. And and and, I, and when my baby was born, I see my mother's face. And it was like she came back to life. And that's awesome. You have bad and you have good. And that's part of the human experience is that when it's my time to go, I can say, yo, I really lived a rounded life. And and the yeah. good made the bad, the, the bad made the good better. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean, so that yeah. them trying to come in my house and me being able to defend myself is not a negative. It's a it's a fortunate because now my wife knows that that I love her and yeah. I will protect her. And and also too, it makes all the good nights that we walk in easy that much better. Because I appreciate oh, that. Speak on it. Yeah, man. This yeah. is stuff, bro. There's some church right here. Dude, that, that that and that's the truth, man. The other thing too that you mentioned. Um, and, and also I don't, I want people to realize not to take that for granted, man. Like, you know, sometimes people act like life is hard or whatever. In my experience, I'm like, yo, look, no one's trying to kill us. I don't have to sit here and set security. You know, I don't have to have one of my buddies, you know, up with a, with a rifle looking out the window while I try to sleep for two hours and take turns because the other side might try to come kill us. We're not at war. You know, I don't have, I'm not cold and wet, like take those negatives in your life and let them cause you to appreciate the positives, man. That's some, that's real good stuff. The other thing is too, you know, people talk about what gun, what gun, what gun. Look, most all the guns go bang. You know, I tell people, make sure you have a gun that's a good enough size to actually get into a fight with. Um, so you're not running something that's really snappy and has only a couple of, you know, eight, nine rounds. Uh, and, and the other piece of it is too, man, like that's the second question. The first question is your training. How much training are you willing to invest in yourself? How often are you willing to train? Make sure you're competent with the whatever. Most of the guns go bang now, unless you like don't. I mean, I wouldn't suggest a high point, but like make sure you're physically attracted to the gun. It's got the capabilities you need in terms of uh, in terms of ammo and throw some dots and things like that on it. But your training is the most important part. You know, can you confidently employ that weapon? And that's what makes the difference in people right there, man. Um, and so that you, you, you nailed that man. And that's, that's why we do what we do with the civilian protector project, man. I'll mention it again. Cause um, you know, I don't want people to just do what they did a few years ago, you know, which is run out and buy all these guns. And then they, they put them in a box. You know, I heard a really, really gnarly story from Victor Marx the other day when we were around each other um, about the Israeli attacks. I'll tell this real quick. <clears throat> he was over there out there by Gaza, man. And um they go into the houses where everyone was butchered and he says he walks in the room and he sees a gun on a, he sees a bed and he sees a gun case open and he sees the instruction manual <laughs> to the gun and he sees all the plastic and you know, all the stuff that tells you that like this gun was never opened, man. You yeah. know, and he sees, you know, the, and, and there's like some bullets drawn about and you can tell that the person ran in there, got the gun out of the case. They, you know, weren't familiar with it. That was like the first time they broke it open. And you can see the nine mil casings um, leading back to the safe room. Um, and then you see a pile of nine mil casings in that safe room. And then you see, you know, you know, you see the expended weapon. There's an airsoft gun. You see the expended weapon sitting on the floor and, and, um, and then you see the blood everywhere and you see, you know, streaks of people being drug out of the, out of the safe room. Um, but 
I say all that to say, man, make sure you're prepared. Make sure you have your training. Make sure you're familiar with your systems, your processes, and all the different ways that you're going to protect yourself. Hopefully it never happens. But like you said, man, you and every, you know, the FBI, Homeland Security, and everyone else that knows law enforcement agencies is saying that we are ripe for some type of flashpoint black swan insurgency-centric attack, right? Where, which would be a lot like what you saw in Israel, which would be a lot like a cyber attack or a, or a blackout, but with bad actors. We've had millions of them pumped into the country over the last presidency. And so thinking really seriously about defending your house and your household is a very relevant topic of conversation. That's what the agencies are talking about. FBI, Homeland Security, law enforcement. That's what you need to be taught. We need to be talking about as well. Man. So really good stuff in there. Um, as, as being uh, ready, being ready, anywhere being ready. you go, being ready, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, would you say how how did how did contact with law enforcement go? Because that's another big piece of this. You know, uh, I feel that the LAPD is definitely understaffed and under resourced. Really, and how long did it take for them to even get to you? Like, you know, like they, they got here. They got here surprisingly pretty quick. I mean, seventeen okay. rounds went off altogether. So yeah. it was a, a lot of gunfire. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I had enough time to go in, secure my firearm, come back out or come go in, reload, come back outside, get a shotgun, get ready for round two. You know, I mean, yeah. after they came in the house, I, I went around the whole house, cleared the back, and then went in through the back door where yeah. I knew I was good. Uh, and then when the law enforcement came, I have enough respect for law enforcement to know these guys are pulling up and they don't know who the fuck I am. Right. <laughs> they don't know what just happened. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah, like I, I had my shirt off. I went outside yeah. with my hands up and I said, uh, hey, I'm unarmed. Good evening, officer. <laughs> yeah, I said, I'm unarmed. I said, I am American and I feared for my life. Mm -hmm. and I made that very clear on the body cam. I am an American and I feared for my life. You know, basically meaning I I know my rights. Yeah. I know what I did was right. Yeah, you know I mean, mm -hmm. and I and I'm protecting my home. And that's yep. it. And they exited the firearm. I told them no. I said the firearm staying in my house. I said, if you want it, get a search warrant. Uh, I'm not giving it to you. Mm -hmm. And the leading officer on the scene made it clear that they didn't take my gun. He was like, Yo, I'm not gonna let you take a gun. He was a he was a, a Marine and great guy. Super cool. Some of the younger cops are a little bit of a pain in the ass. I had I had some words with them and yeah. uh that weren't friendly. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And whatever. I'm not I'm not proud of it. I'm not, I don't regret it because I don't really care. I mean, it's just words. We didn't exchange punches. And yeah. I was I was high strung. And it, but ultimately, listen, we gotta support the law enforcement. And if mm -hmm. we don't, there's nobody coming after. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. We got to be on the same team. We got to be like, yeah, figure it out. <laughs> like this whole, this whole defund the police, and like Chicago, the mayor saying we should get rid of the police or whatever it was. I'm like, yo, are you guys smoking crack? Like, are you in from another world? And the cops are nicer than me because you know, I mean, I would have been halfway tempted to be like, you know what? All right, seventy two hours. We're all taking a break. And just let the city purge. I mean, I wouldn't do that, but I would think really heavily about doing it. You, know, you guys want us to leave? Okay, you know what? You're going to learn this lesson. 72 hours, yeah. no cops, go. And and people would have been begging for us to come back. But you know what's uh, funny you say that? Hmm. I would. They do a public service announcement for all the men's out, all the men out there that carry. 
or yeah. all the Americans out there that, that activate two way, get ready. Yeah, yeah. Because we're taking a break. We're taking yeah. a break. <laughs> you can take you know a mean? break. Yeah, man. Get you know, get your shopping done now. So yeah, man. Okay. So and then after that, was there any? I mean, I don't know if you can or can't talk about this. Was there any dramas, like charges, anything like that you had to deal with, or was it pretty clean break and now you're back to your normal life? I mean, or, they uh they like never US like USA, did you use them or did you have any carry insurance or I didn't have anything at the time. Now I do. I would use USCA. Uh, how do you say it again? USCCA. It's kind USCCA. Of- yeah, I, I mess it up all the time. Um, I would 100% employ everybody out there to get USCCA. Yep. It's the best. It works. You know what I mean? Um, come member of NRA. Be part of these communities because they do help. You know, reach out to the NRA. Uh, USCCA uh, came out uh, with Michael Dowd. And in the past, after it happened, and, and a lot of people got behind me and tried to help. And, and people even got behind me and said, you need to talk to the media because if they don't, then they will charge you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then you have a, a better chance. Mm-hmm. I was protected because a lot of people in society stood up yeah. and said, what's going on with this guy is wrong. You know, you have to go after these guys. And even detectives said, we got more resources because people know about it. Wow. And we were able to go after the guys because- if we didn't, this would just get wiped under the rug like it never happened. Wow. And like, well, nobody got hurt. I'm like, a fucking firefight happened. At my house. At my house. <laughs> in a nice street. This is in Iraq. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this is I mean, Los Angeles in Largemont Village. It's a nice little area. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I would have been worried about rounds going back through my house where these guys are returning, like, you know, while I'm returning fire and all this, man, like. If this was the Bronx in, in the 90s or the 2000s, they would have shut the streets down. They would oh, have yeah. came down. They would, they, would have, <laughs> they would have searched every house around us to look for firearms. Yeah. Like, and I tell them, like, yo, you guys, this is not like, it's almost like not a big deal. Mm-hmm. So, it's oh, yeah. a Tuesday in LA now. <laughs> That's a yeah, slow It's crazy. Thing. It happened tonight, bro. You know? <clears throat> and we vote and our powers and our vote and our powers and protecting ourselves. Yep. Yep. You know what I mean? Nah, man, hundred percent, bro. No, hundred percent. Um, awesome. Well, overall, man, I'm I'm amazed. Uh, I'm glad we captured this video. You handled it well. You know, I really do hope that we get to train at some point together. Come out, hundred percent. Get it in. I mean, you're up the street, so it's got to happen. Yeah, hundred percent. I would love to. I love to make more content. Yeah. Um, a lot of people like. You know, it's funny. Some of my liberal friends were like, oh, do I have to talk to a PR person to reach you now? I'm like, shut up. <laughs> and they're like, it's just like those type of people like, oh, you think yeah. I'm doing this for me? You think I picked this to happen? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, I didn't. But I have That'd like an obligation now to yeah. tell people to go and train, go yeah. and do these things. Yeah, You have to, you know what I mean? And showing people and like, you know, the reason why I survived was because of training and because of watching guys like you, yeah. watching guys like True Exodus, watching yeah. Defense Strategies Group put out videos, how to yeah. handle a situation. And that's why I survived. This content yeah. out there, this information, go get it. You know yeah. what I mean? 100%. And I like putting it out there now to show people, you know, when they look at you, they're like, well, I'm never going to be like this guy. Yeah. Yeah, you know I mean, he's a badass. They look at other people like, I'm not going to be like that guy. He's six one, jacked and... Navy yeah. Seal, this guy's said, no, I'm a regular dude. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I'm a regular dude. And I joked around. I'm like, I'm a friggin' 
just an everyday streetwalker. Yeah. And I survived. Heck yeah. Yeah, I mean, anybody could do it. You could be a 90-pound woman, and you're good enough for the firearm, you will shut everybody down. You will shut a six-foot-four, 280-pound linebacker coming for you. 100%. Stop him in his tracks. Yep. It's the great equalizer, man. Firearms are the great equalizer, man. I don't care old you are we got videos of old dudes handling multiple multiple attackers getting at shooting getting them out of the house i don't care what sex you are if you learn how to use your hardware you can definitely defend yourself and you can win so nah man you're an inspiration man it's thank it's you a, i appreciate you um <clears throat> i'm glad we're able to spend this time together uh and just get your story out more i hope that it inspires other people to realize that they can defend and protect their family you're sitting here in front of me you're not in jail you should defend and protect your family even if you got to go to jail i don't know that's how i am but you should definitely defend and protect um people and the more people that are defending and protecting the safer society is going to be um yep. and that's just the bottom line man and you know the other thing i'll say about society is the quality of society is dictated by the quality of its men and the reality exactly. is that's what makes it safe to walk the streets at night. That's what makes, um, you know, what we tolerate and don't tolerate is what's going to make what what we have to live under. So, you know, take that to account too as well, gentlemen. So, yeah, brother, it's an honor. It's a privilege. Any closing thoughts? What you're up to these days? Where can people find you? Um, anything you want to say? Yeah, my Instagram's at Vince Ritchie. Uh, you follow me. If anybody ever wants to reach out, wants me to speak on anything, uh, speak at some of these other things. I'm hundred percent down to do it because I love spreading the motivation for people to go get trained and the people to go protect themselves and to stand up and realize it's a slippery slope when you feel bad for yourself and you victimize yourself and you cower. It is a very slippery dark slope and it only takes one second to decide to defend yourself and you will live happy for the rest of your life to know that the hard second I just decided to go in the right direction and defend myself because it'll be over with before you know it. It's only yep. a few seconds. Even a physical altercation is a few <laughs> seconds, but it is slippery slope when you cower. It really yes, is. 100%. You don't never want to submit to evil. Sometimes you got to pay the ultimate price and that's better than submitting to evil. So Exactly. Yeah, man. 100%. Awesome, brother. Well, it's an honor, privilege, more good stuff to come. We're neighbors. So let's get after it, man. Thank, Thank you, brother. Heck yeah. All right. Boom, when it comes to the technology you use to protect your home, there's nothing better than Deep Sentinel, AI-driven, human-monitored technology that will keep you and your family safe for the same price you're paying for whatever ring doorbell system you have. Check out Deep Sentinel. Um, It's such an honor to join forces with these guys. They should be in every single house in the world. Get real-time Overwatch for you and your loved one. And for 10% off, depending on when you're watching this, don't forget to use code Byron at checkout. Boom! Quick shout out to our sponsor, Staccato. My first pistol sponsor. Um, I've been sponsored by a lot of companies, right, over the years. But when it comes to pistol, that's my bread and butter. Pistol is something I believe in. You know, I'm a competitive shooter. You know, we're shooting anywhere from, you know, 800 rounds a month type of thing, right? So Staccato being what I believe is one of, if not the most complete handguns you can put in your hand. Um, It's got every component that a handgun could have, should have, 
Uh, they're actually extremely dependable now that they've made some changes. And these things are straight up tack drivers. If you're looking for a pistol that will do as much of the work for you as a piece of hardware can, obviously you have to have the, the, the marksmanship and all the different things, but different guns perform at different levels. And I wanna say that Staccato is one of by far, for sure, take it from a competitive shooter, we're shooting the highest volumes of rounds constantly right now, not used to have a background guy, but like right now, when you go shoot, you're gonna see certain brands. Staccato is one of, if not the highest performing firearm that is both CCW, duty ready, and also competitive ready. So I wanna give them a shout out if you guys are looking for a good handgun to build your skills on top of, go check out Staccato, much love and respect. Yo, if you enjoyed that episode uh, and you like learning things like that, I wanna encourage you to go to Protect Your Nation, build a profile, get in the Civilian Protector Project. Um, this is where you can learn from these guys. Uh, live Zoom calls, you can see the full modules that you just, uh, you just watched and you can become part of a community. It's the first social media platform for protectors where we can get to know each other, we can network, we can learn together. We do live Zoom calls with different SMEs every single month. There's so much packed in there, I'm in there. Uh, it's an honor, it's a privilege. Looking forward to working together to make the world a safer place by helping good people to become more willing, capable and prepared protector nation, civilian protector project, let's go.